In this video, I'm gonna cover four really important things to you, which I think you ought to know about. The first one is diversification. The second one is on leverage. The third one is systems. And the fourth one is having the right business structure. So watch the video, I go into detail about all those four, which I'm sure are gonna help you scale your business with speed. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. This video is part two. In the first video, I covered having your strategy, your gold mine area, and being very clear on your goals. So if you haven't seen that video, click this link here and watch that first, because this is a natural progression. And this second video is gonna talk about additional steps, but I think it's important you watch the first video first. So this is my fourth tip, following on from the first three that I gave in the first video, and this is about diversifying your portfolio. And one of the main reasons to diversify simply is to mitigate risk because the property market fluctuates and your needs and demands and wants will change also. So it's important to have a diverse portfolio. So for example, if you're very risk averse, you may wish to just have a simple buy to let portfolio of single let properties. And as you become comfortable with that particular strategy, uh, and as you change the direction of what you want, you may then wish to take a bit more risk or may wish to be a bit more involved and therefore you'll try something different. So a bachelor uh, portfolio is the least risky to some extent. Something with, which is of higher risk uh, is building new properties or new homes. Uh, that requires more work and more things can go wrong and it's usually more expensive or more costly uh, when things go wrong. In between that, you've then got things like service accommodation, commercial conversions, you've got deal sourcing, which is buying properties and sourcing properties uh, for other people and possibly even also for yourself. You've then got flips where you buy uh, houses, uh, refurbish them and then sell them on. But I think it's important to say once you've kind of mastered or you're comfortable with one particular strategy, do think about diversifying because diversification is extremely important uh, because if, let's say, the property market isn't doing too well, but service accommodation might still be in huge demand, and that may work well, uh, or commercial conversions may be in good demand. So having a wider uh, portfolio of uh, investments uh, reduces the risk for you, uh, which means if something goes wrong in one particular sector, then you're still covered elsewhere. For example, if you're doing HMOs, and Article 4 is introduced into that particular area, that's going to make it harder for you, not impossible, but harder for you to get planning for future HMOs. And if you haven't diversified or you're unable to diversify, that's going to cause a problem for you. And this is why it's important not to have all your eggs in one basket, as the old saying goes. So I strongly recommend, once you're comfortable with one particular strategy, then think about looking at two or three other strategies. But as you grow and develop, generally speaking, based on my own client portfolio and also my contacts, uh, most investors start with one strategy and then they end up diversifying anyway because they want to do 
bigger, better, different things. So that would be your natural progression if you're new to property. If you're an experienced property investor, you've probably already diversified. So for you, it's maybe thinking about how can you do things better and in a different way. Number five, and something which is exceptionally important in the world of property is leverage. Now, unless you have an infinite amount of money, which most people don't, you'll need to rely on other sources of uh, funding. This could be from the uh, first tier banks, it could be from challenger banks, it could be from those who specialize in development finance, it could be bridging finance, it could be angel finance, it could be peer-to-peer -peer lending, it could be money from private individuals, it could be joint ventures with people who have availability to cash, it could be you doing a no money down deal where you use other people's money, it could be going into a partnership with somebody else who has some specialist expertise or access to funding or cash uh, in order to be able to help you grow your portfolio. But there will come a time uh, where using your own cash will dry up simply because as you become more confident, uh, you'll want to do more deals. Uh, unless you've got a really good job and you're really kind of disciplined with spending money and saving money, uh, your own funds will only take you so far. So it's important for you to think about uh, who else you can involve uh, in your property business to help you scale up in the way that you want to scale up. So where I am nowadays, uh, I'm a big proponent of no money down, which how I do it basically is very simple. Uh, I find investors who have cash and plenty of cash, and then we end up doing JVs together. So we use their cash. Uh, and I source the properties, I then get involved in doing all the work and we divvy up 50-50 in the end, whether we sell or we hold. Now, generally speaking, I don't like to sell, I hold onto the properties, I then refinance, pull the cash out, pay the JV partner back if there's any additional uh, lending, pay all of that off and sometimes we'll have left with some extra cash. Uh, and if you look at my Boston project uh, and if you click this video here, you can see that particular project. Uh, you'll see how we ended up refinancing and being left over with a hundred thousand pounds in extra cash. So you could do that. Uh, but even if you don't get any cash back and you end up just getting enough money to pay everybody off, well, that means your investor now has all that cash uh, that they invested. So they are reasonably likely, as long as you've done a good job, to say, can you now do another deal? Now, one investor may not be enough because as you become more experienced, you may want to do two, three, four or more deals at any one time. So that, that means finding two or three or four investors who can do that for you. Something else which will work well for you is development finance. Now there are a couple of companies that I know who will give you 100% of the lending on uh, your development project. Now they're gonna charge for that by the way, so the rate isn't gonna be 4% above base by the way, uh, it's, you're looking at 12%. 10 to 12% plus a one to one and a half percent entry fee and a 2% exit fee, but it means you've got access to a lot of cash. And what you're gonna be thinking about is the bottom line. I don't think how much you're paying the bank or a lender. I mean, that's important, but it isn't that important. What's really important is what's left over for you after you've paid everybody off. And if you find the right deals uh, and you can find the right deals, uh, there should be enough cash for you to be able to pay eight, 10% interest uh, to borrow that money over a year, or and obviously for two years it'll be more, but it should, there should be enough margin there for you to make the deal work. And once you crack that, uh, basically the world's your oyster to some extent, 
uh, because you've got investors who are willing to you know, see you as being an investable uh, and want to give you their funds, and that's, that requires a high level of trust. You've then got funders will give you a uh, minimum, uh, usually around about, I say there is no minimum, but you can have up to 65% from the likes of Aldermore, Shawbrook, uh, Hampshire Trust Bank, uh, United Trust Bank, uh, but then you can, there are other lenders who go, like I said to you, up to 100%. So you've got, you'll have access to a lot of cash. So having that leverage means you can do more deals at any one time, uh, which means you can build a big and sustainable uh, business very, very quickly. So I know investors who've pretty much started from ground zero to some extent. They own three or four byte lets, then go into, into the world of commercial conversions. And within three or four years, they've got 50 units. And, I, and there's none other people who is taking them 30, 40 years to build 50 units because they've been buying one property at a time using the traditional method of save some money, then use it as a deposit to buy the next property after five or seven years, refinance some of the existing properties, pull out some more cash, use that to buy some more properties. That's the old slow method of growing. And if that works for you, by the way, carry on doing that. Uh, but m those who are enthusiastic and want to grow quickly, uh, end up using leverage of both other people, lenders, and also leveraging their own time and having a team who can help them grow and expand and scale at speed. Number six, and this is a big one as well, is systemize your business. Now, a book I read a long time ago, and it was a book that was a game changer for me back in those days, I'm going back 12, 13 years, it was Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited, where he shares a story about systemizing uh, a business. And if you haven't read that book, I strongly urge you and recommend that you read it. It's a really good book. And it, from that, you can then start looking at how you can systemize different areas of your business. Now, because systemization is going to make the business less dependent on you. It's all going to, also going to make sure that, that you have consistency in your outcomes. And it's also going to make sure that when you're growing, when people are coming in, they've got a process to follow. And that the process simply is, this is how we do business here. So it's up to you to decide uh, on the systems and processes based on how you want to run your business and what you want your business to be known for. Uh, but without systems, your business will break quickly and there'll be a lot of toing and froing, headache, uh, agony, challenges. So to avoid those, you're well served to invest time in systemizing your business, having processes. And this isn't about writing 64 different checklists. This is about looking at every different area and then writing processes for how that works. But do it as, create the systems as you're doing the work. So don't sit there on a weekend or for two weeks and just write all the systems because nobody's going to follow them. You'd rather do it with your team and implement those systems and then change, adopt, adapt, amend as things could go on because what you've written and what you want to achieve might end up being two different things. So you'll have to change uh, your systems in order to match what you're looking for and that's an iterative process and it takes time but I can't overemphasize the importance of having systems in businesses and if you look at all the good and great businesses uh, from the past and now uh, most of them rely on systems and processes so if you think about McDonald's system process dependent business Apple system process dependent business Microsoft same there Facebook all of these have good clear strong systems and processes, and I suggest you should do exactly the same thing. Now, alongside that, uh, when you're starting off, you're going to want to gain some experience. 
So I always say, when you first a couple of projects, uh, start off small, so you can cut your teeth on the job, and while you're doing that, start writing and creating your systems there and then. Uh, because you're trying to do it later on, uh, it's just gonna be harder because you, you have a bigger team, you've got more to do, you've got projects to look after, there's other uh, priorities that take place, to then try and build the systems. It's not impossible, by the way. That's where most people end up, is they realize they need systems after three, four, five years. But if, you st if you're starting off in your property journey now, as you're doing more to the smaller deals, start systemizing now so that that kind of golden thread runs through the business as you grow and expand. Next, as I think it was Buddha who said, infinite patience leads to immediate results. Now we all want things to happen overnight. And most of the successful people that I've watched, listened to, interviewed, uh, have become 25, 35, 40 year overnight successes. It takes a long time to become successful and it takes a long time to achieve your overall goals and ambitions uh, because that's just the way the game works, I'm afraid. Uh, so nothing's going to happen overnight. So you need to be patient and you need to invest in yourself uh, because if you, if you try and grow too quickly uh, without having the right infrastructure in place, then the problem you're going to have is you're going to burn out. You're going to make poor decisions under pressure. You're going to compromise your resources and most importantly, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable to risk and also emergencies and you'll probably get to a place where you end up like firefighting. So it's important you start off nice and slow and steady and have the foundations right and being a property investor, you'll know how important foundations are to any property. So get the foundations right, start off small, build up your contacts, build up your network, that's extremely important. Uh, and also invest in yourself. So go on courses, read books, podcasts, webinars, networking, uh, and uh, also uh, having a coach, a mentor, being part of a, a mastermind. All of these things are incredibly important and they are going to give you a fantastic return uh, because you might be as part of a, a mastermind and you, you'll pick up two or three things, uh, at least if not more, uh, during that journey over let's say a six or a 12 month period that's going to transform your business. And of course, being in business, it's a lonely business. Uh, most people who aren't property investors don't get property investors. So for us to be able to be in a tribe, in a group of people who understand us, it's incredibly important because A, they, they can they share our journey, they share our challenges, our pain, our problems, uh, but they also have solutions in terms of what they've done. So it's important to work with people who are at your stage, but who are also beyond you, uh, depending on what you're looking to achieve. So you can look up towards them, but also look into what you do. So it's not just looking up to people, you're looking into people in terms of exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then following in their footsteps, because I'm a great advocate of not reinventing the wheel. I mean, if it's there, other people have uh, gone down a, a particular path and it's a well-trodden path, uh, if it works, why change it? Of course you can improve it and you can add your own special recipe to it or your ingredients to make something different and special. But generally speaking, uh, why be the first pioneer uh, with arrows and tire marks on your back uh, and then cost you more money, get things wrong? Why not follow what others have done first and then reinvent once you become comfortable and you can scale and grow? Number seven, have the right company structure. Now this requires effort, 
but it's effort that's well worth expending because this can help you to take a very long-term view and this needs more than you so you need to work with in my opinion a specialist property tax accountant or a tax advisor who can assist you with setting up the right structure so depending on what you're looking to achieve you need to be thinking about should you have the property in your name should you be trading as a sole trader a partnership a limited liability partnership uh, or a limited company or should you have a mixture of some of those should you have a a, a hybrid or a mixed partnership where you have a, a limited company and an llp going into partnership together those things are important should you have a holding company uh, with companies underneath it uh, for all your different developments should you have different classes of shares for, for you your partner your spouse your children your employees other investors jv partners those are all incredibly important things that you ought to think about uh, but a good structure will be fit to help you scale will be fit to help you uh, maximize your returns will be fit to help you get funding it's going to be fit to help you pass on properties to your loved ones in the future uh, and it's going to be the kind of structure that you can to some extent change but it, it grows as you grow with it uh, lots of people unfortunately don't spend much time on this and they either end up buying properties in their own name or they read a blog or watch a video somewhere uh, where someone says oh just have all your properties in a limited company that's all you gotta do they end up doing that and they soon find out that probably wasn't the right path for them we're all different we all have different aspirations different aims no one size fits all and whenever anybody gives a piece of advice where this works for everybody uh, usually I can tell you I think they're wrong uh, because different structures work for different people based on their own needs and ambitions and aims and objectives so spend a lot of time on this then I can't overemphasize again the importance of you speaking to a specialist property tax accountant or speaking to a tax advisor who would be able to advise you on the pros and cons advantages disadvantages of having a, a different structure but don't just talk to them about today share your goals over the next 5 10 15 years and i know people some people struggle with thinking beyond like let's say one or two years but try and put your mind there and say what do i want my business to look like in five or 10 or 15 years time how do i want it to serve me how much cash do i want how many property do i want how much time am i spending in the business how big is my team going to be which areas am i going to invest in think about all these kind of simple questions which have difficult answers by the way and then share that with your advisors so they can tell you what the right structure is because if you get the structure wrong i can tell you people spend tens of thousands of pounds trying to then fix that structure so you're better off putting the time and effort into it at the start getting the structure right so as you grow and develop uh, you have the right structure in place to help you do that thanks for listening to wealth made simple you can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.